You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 119 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you on trade deadline day in the National Hockey League and the first day of spring. How are we doing today, guys? Pretty good, Harp. Always a good day on trade deadline. Even if it's boring, it's still there's still enough excitement to uh, to keep me occupied. And uh, great weekend. Not too much going on. Uncle Jake was up for the weekend and uh, Reese and I started the season blitz ball series and we uh we split games one and two very nice very nice talking about the trade deadline that's what we're going to do today guys it was a bit boring and we kind of knew it was going to be boring but like as soon as i saw jake debrusque re-signed with boston and then you know we saw anton forsberg re-sign with ottawa it was like holy it's going to be another one of these and then new york islanders signed like four guys and it's just yeah, like d- so classic my dad texted me uh what was the biggest trade of the day? I was like, uh, I had a hard time. You know, I stared at him for a bit. I was like, I don't know. What's the biggest one? I guess like, yeah. I guess flurry. That's what I said to him. That's yeah. all I had. It, it's like, it's not like nothing happened. There were some good deals and we're going to talk about yeah. them and we're going to grade them all. So it's going to be fun. But, you know, just in general, like as we predicted, it was kind of a slow day today because all of the big deals get done beforehand. And we're going to talk about those too. So overall, guys, in, in a decent mood, had a good weekend. Uh, one again in fantasy that we're going to talk about soon. But I do have some problems as well which i'm gonna go into as well but uh but yeah overall good good stuff over here how about you harp yeah it was good uh megan and i went away for the weekend went to nordic spa so that's always nice and um with with deadline day guys i mean for for anybody who who watches and and uh, i certainly get more excited about it than you guys you're right there are a lot of the big deals that happen prior to but on deadline day it starts off slow and then it gets better as the day goes on. You see bigger deals that happen. And so do yourself a favor and just tune into like the last hour mm-hmm. of the TSN Trade Center coverage or whatever, because a lot of the deals come in just at the deadline and they uh, they get them all out after like the Andrew Cop deal, uh, which we're going to talk about and so many others uh, as well. So, um, yeah, doing uh, doing well. And before we get into the deadline chatter, uh, let's just go into a little fantasy corner to start case. Once again, another week where Casey gets the most points, I absolutely battered Ganyu, beat him by like 115 points it was a tough week for him and and an unbelievable one for me so i think after this week if i if i beat harp i don't know if that's gonna happen it's like um i i'll be in a playoff spot so it's all good and if you're in a playoff spot you're likely gonna play me in the first round and that's gonna be an absolute bloodbath because we're one and two in points four <laughs> So no, I, I've looked at the the future matchups, and I'm likely to land in sixth. Oh, if you because you'll have the same record. Because I have but, the most points, but than everyone in the league except you. Okay, well, you got to get into the playoffs, <laughs> and then if you do, look out for for Casey's. What's your team name? Aho something. 
Bros before Ajos. Bros before Ajos, yeah. Uh, <laughs> last week was a tight one for me, guys. I went down to the final game between uh, my, my team, the Multiple Scorgasms, and the Danbury Trashers. And it was the final game between uh, Buffalo and uh, Vancouver. And Bo Horvat going into the third period had eight and a half points or something like that. And Alex Tuck, who was on my team, had zero. And then Alex Tuck ends up scoring the overtime winner for the team and gets me three and a half points, secures the victory, and I beat Dylan by roughly five points. But it was so tight, I wasn't sure if I was going to win. But I mentioned off the top that I've got some fantasy problems. I mean, it's not winning because like I've won, whatever, 15 in a row or something like that. I'm on a tear, but and I'm in first place. Have to mention that every single time. Holy, I thought we were going to keep this. I know, quick. I know, Jeez. I know, I know, I know. But I've got two <laughs> problems right now. I've got Aaron Ekblad and Drew Doughty, who both might be done for the end of the season. So my defense is looking pretty rough right now. So make a trade with me if you're out there. I've got tons of great forwards. And uh, help me out here, and maybe I'll cut you some of my winnings. I'm talking to everybody in the league. So it's out there. Just saying. <laughs> Good week for me, guys. Got a win against uh, Corey, mail order brides, uh, by like 20 or whatever. So beat him pretty good. And that's good because I haven't had a lot of wins this season, right. as you guys know and our listeners know. And uh, got a tough matchup this week against you, Case. Not projected to win, of course, uh, because you've been putting up points all year, as you like to mention every time. But uh, <laughs> we'll <laughs> we will see how it goes. So I'm pretty happy to come on this podcast. Talk about a win last week, which I haven't gotten to do very much this year. So all is good. <laughs> Wonderful. Trade deadline talk now. All right, let's get into it. So we're going to go through um, a bunch of deals. Obviously, there were a bunch that happened today and then big ones leading up to the deadline. And uh, we want to include those as well. So that is where we're going to start. And we're going to try and do this in order. So again, sort of a rapid fire uh, kind of way of doing it. And uh, here we go. We will start with uh, Josh Manson going to the Colorado Avalanche from the Anaheim Ducks on March 14th uh, for Drew Hellison, a defenseman uh, prospect going back to Anaheim along with the 2023 second round pick. Uh, well, I'm going to start. I'll go first each time. How's that sound, yeah, Chad? Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to give this like a C plus for Colorado because frankly, I, I don't know if they needed the piece. They have a couple injuries that are kind of hurting their D, but it's a deep decor, and by time of playoffs, they should be fine. Anaheim getting a lot in return. Drew Hellison looking pretty good. He's a good young prospect, played for the Olympics this year. I'm excited for that, and a second's always good. I'll give Colorado uh, a B- minus here because you're right, Case. I think maybe they gave up a little bit too much for an already deep decor, but this makes it so that uh, a guy like Curtis McDermott isn't playing top four minutes for the team, so he plugs a hole there on the back end that um, you know has had some injuries over the years or o- over this season. And for Anaheim, I'll give them a B plus. And the only reason I can't give them an A is because uh, you know if they traded Manson last year, I think it would have been a first or maybe even a first and a second or a first and a, and a B prospect. So that's why I give him a B plus. Sticking with Colorado, a day later, they make another move. They send Tyson Jost, a former first round pick, to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Nico Sturm. So a good old hockey deal, one for one. And Case, you really like this one. Oh, it's an A plus on both sides hockey deal. 
both these teams got what they needed. Uh, Sturm didn't want an extension. He's a great bottom six defensive player. That's what Colorado needed. Tyson Jost wasn't working out in Colorado and has the upside to maybe get something sparked in Minnesota. Love it. Casey said it all. Totally agree. I think it's an A-plus on both sides. Wonderful. All right. Uh, March 16th will go to that day now when uh, Frank Vertrano gets sent from the Florida Panthers to the New York Rangers in exchange for a fourth round pick in this year's draft. So Vertrano, bit of a numbers game, gets uh, lost in that deep Florida lineup, but a good opportunity for a good player in New York. Yeah, I'm going to give this a seed in New York. They have a lot of bottom six forwards now. It's kind of filling up. I don't really know who's going to get pushed out of the lineup now, but I'm going to give this like a B minus for Florida because like you said, he's not in the lineup anymore. Why not get a fourth for him? I'll give the New York Rangers a C for this for the same reason, Case. I think they've got a lot of guys. I don't know if Vetrano is really an upgrade on on some of their good bottom six players. Uh, I'll give Florida a B for this one, though, because they pushed out uh, some money. And eventually, as we'll see, that made it uh, it was made it able for them to get you know cap space so they were able to bring in a couple more guys holy guys i can't talk when i'm trying to think and talk fast but i give it a b for florida there so on march 16th uh florida makes another move they acquire ben Sherratt, one of the best defensemen available uh leading up to the trade deadline from montreal in exchange for forward prospect ty smolanik who plays uh in the same league as kent hughes's son jack uh a 2023 first round pick going to montreal in the deal and a 2022 fourth rounder as well so three assets for ben Sherratt. i think it's a steep asking price but that's the thing that was the market and for that reason i'm going to give this an a minus for florida i actually like this they lost ekblad they needed something on there uh to spark the d pair or the decor and that pairing of Sherratt and mackenzie weaker is going to be the hardest pair to play against in the league so that's going to be really important in playoffs and this team is allowing a lot of chances compared to the other big dogs for montreal that's a great haul you you expected it but i think they needed to see it to believe it so i'm going to give this an a I'm going to give it an A-plus for Montreal. There's no way in in hell Ben Chirot should be worth three pieces, but that was the market that was set by a couple big trades beforehand, and and so they got it, and that's an A-plus for them. For Florida, I'm going to give it a D, and the only reason I give it a D is because they made this deal before they knew that Aaron Ekblad was out entirely and, and perhaps until the end of the season so i think it's great that they have him now that ekblad is out but beforehand you acquire Sherat, he's likely playing on your third pair maybe squeaks into the top four and he's a peripheral guy and you give up three pieces for him so i think undoubtedly Sherat makes the panthers better but i think the asking price was extremely steep but hey at the end of the day they got better and they're in a cup window that you know is now so you know, maybe a D's a bit harsh, but that's the grade I'm going with. Chad, you and I are wearing our Seattle Kraken ball caps, and uh, they got their dealing started on March 16th, the same day as the Sherratt deal. And uh, Seattle started adding draft picks uh, on this day. That would continue into the deadline. So they deal Callie Yarncrook to the Calgary Flames, a good depth forward, in exchange for a second rounder in this year's draft, a third rounder in 2023, and a seventh round pick 
in 2024. Thoughts on this one? Dude, I don't know who Seattle's going to have played for them for the Seriously. rest of the year. They have like six guys go out and one guy go in. But they're loading up on draft picks for Seattle. I'm going to give them an A-plus on this one. That's way too much for Kelly Yarncroft. Uh, like you said, he's going to be a bottom six winger for, for Calgary. But I guess they saw everyone else making a move, so they had to. I'm going to give Calgary like a D-plus on this one. Yeah, I'll give Seattle an A there. They're you know they're getting their picks that they desperately need. Although you're right, Case, I don't know who's going to play for this team after the deadline. Like they've got like how are they going to put together a team of 18 skaters who can even you know play in the NHL? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, and they're definitely not making the playoffs now, uh, even with good goaltending. But so I'll give them an A, and you know what? I'll give Calgary a C for this one because there is the connection between Yarncroft, Markstrom, and Elias Lindholm, which Harper, I'm sure you know about. Um, so I'll give them a C for that because it's kind of cool, and you know he does add to a team who's looking to make a good push here in the playoffs. You know, Yarncrook had a good chance at scoring his first goal in a Flames uniform the other night, but uh, Dustin Tukarski, man, came over <laughs> and absolutely robbed him with a glove save. So um, he was close, but uh, just couldn't get that first goal quite yet for the Calgary Flames. I'm sure he will very soon. Let's go to this deal next. And this is arguably the biggest one out of them all as far as the assets are concerned and the player going to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's the Brandon Hagel trade that happened last Friday. So Hagel and two fourth-round picks, one this year and one in 2024, going to the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time Stanley Cup champions, looking to win their third in a row this year, going back to Chicago, two first-round picks in 2023 and 2024, along with two young forwards in Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. How about this whopper of a deal? Yeah, this whopper is right. And I, I love this deal. Like there, There's a lot of shit talking in the uh, group chat when this one came up. But honestly, I like this. I'm going to give Tampa like a A- minus for this. Uh, I'll, I'll talk quickly on that later. But also an A-plus to Chicago for it at the same time. Maybe an A because Brandon Hagel, that could have been a good re- uh, rebuilding tool. But... You know, just to talk quickly, uh, Tampa Bay, they just won two Stanley Cups. No one's going to give a shit about their next eight years. All they're going to remind people of is two Stanley Cups. You know how they did it? Big deadline acquisitions, and they're going to try to do it again here. Um, Kachuk and Radish, they aren't making the lineup. There's 92 games between the two of them. They're 24 and 23 years old. Not really making this lineup anytime soon. So fine, giving those back. You get two forced back for them. And the two first round picks are going to be like pick 25 and 28. Like, uh, doesn't really matter. I was going to look up in the last 10 years how much points were scored in the last five picks of every draft. I still plan on doing that. Maybe it'll be a post. But... <laughs> It's not a lot, guys. These picks aren't as valuable as people think. And for a 30-goal scorer this year, who knows what he can do with Tampa next year at $1.5 million. When you're in a cap crunch, that's a great deal. Rasmus Sandin drafted, I believe, 28th overall. Has something to say to you, Casey. He's not happy. Dude, I, I briefly looked. I had two guys that kind of <laughs> caught my eye initially. Yeah. Sandin, H. Thompson. So it's all yeah good. yeah that's right I mean, Thompson. That, it's like they have 50 games played and seven points yeah listen i i'm not gonna say i've come around on this trade because i fully haven't uh i'm gonna give tampa bay i'm gonna give tampa bay a b minus on this one and i'm gonna give chicago a b plus 
And the reason I've kind of come closer to the middle than what I was when I first heard this trade, when I first heard this trade, for me, Tampa was getting an F and Chicago was an A+. But the reason I've come to the middle was was the one point that you've said, Case, that you know no one's really going to care about these two picks. And even the one in 2024 scares me a bit, the first rounder for Tampa. But in two years, like I don't think that's going to even be you know middle of the pack. I think they're still going to be a powerhouse then. So really, It's also top 10 protected. That's right. That's right. I was more so thinking like a 15 because that's even way more valuable. You know, if you look at 15th overall picks, but, um, Okay, so I'll go to Chicago. The reason it's a, it's an A for me, and I can't or, or a B plus rather, and I can't give it an A or higher or anything, is because this team needs to pick a direction to go. And like, if you're getting this much for Brandon Hagel, why aren't you trading Kane? They didn't trade Kane. They didn't even listen to offers on Kane. Jonathan Taves is a guy who's pissed off and he said it in the media multiple times. Like this team doesn't have a direction. Are you rebuilding? Are you retooling? Like what's going on? So for me, I would love to give Chicago a a higher grade for this trade, but I can't because like this trade just doesn't make sense for them because they haven't picked a direction. If they were totally rebuilding and committed, it's an A plus hands down because you get two firsts for a middle six player plus two prospects. So that's what I'll say about Chicago for Tampa. This trade is good because they get better, right? And like, no one's going to say that Brandon Hagel is worth that much. But the reality is, Boris Kachu and Taylor Radish, like you said, Case, weren't getting into the lineup at the same time. It was one or the other. So now you improve by getting Hagel and you put one of those guys, or you put Hagel in in exchange for one of those guys. So you immediately get better in your lineup. Not to mention another trade they did later that we'll get to. Exactly. So that th- those are my that's my grade for this trade. Let's move on. Yeah, Hagel could certainly be this year's uh, Blake Coleman. And important to note, guys, before we move on, Taylor Radish uh, is reunited with his former Erie Otters teammates yeah. and Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett. So, True. Uh, okay, we will move on to March 19th. And this is a deal that goes down between Minnesota and Anaheim. So Minnesota adds a 2023 third-round pick for a forward who has a lot of sandpaper and bite to his game. He can drop the mitts as well, and that is Nick DeLaurier. Yeah, I I actually love this deal for Minnesota. I like DeLaurier a lot. He's one of the last fighters in the league who can also play hockey. He's tough to play against. He plays playoff hockey and fits their identity to the T. They're not going to miss a a 2023 third-round pick at all like they're a young up-and-coming team why who cares moon on <laughs> yeah for oh, sorry i guess grades uh delorier to minnesota a, a minus b plus sure it's like it's neither here nor there and then the third round pick for anaheim at c plus yeah great. I mean, I'll give Anaheim a little more credit. I'll give them a B plus for this because I'm not sure Nick Delorier is worth a third round pick. He's a good player and he brings some some much needed sandpaper for some teams. Granted, Minnesota isn't a team who needs more sandpaper, but you know he, he's a guy and getting a third round pick that's good. So I'll give him a B plus for that. Uh, Minnesota, I will give them a B for this one because I like the player. I think he fits their their system and or not even their system, their identity case, like you said. They're a big, strong, tough, fast team, and I think Delorier fits that. My only problem with it is that, you know, first of all, they might have given a little too much with a third. Maybe you could have squeaked out a fourth, but again, you might not be missing it. 
And they also have, and I was looking at, I forget who tweeted this, but they have roughly six or seven guys who are taller and heavier than Delorier and also play with a bite. So like, yes, he fits, but also I'm not sure they needed that extra. Like maybe they could have used another guy like Tyson Jost to maybe add to the scoring. I'm not sure if Nick Delorier was a perfect fit, but it's also just kind of a throwaway trade. I think he's the toughest guy on the team now already. Well, yeah, but they've got a lot of big guys, is my point, who are probably better at hockey. But no, the, that, that's fair, but yeah. it's just going to be hard to play against that team. Definitely, definitely. Uh, these next few deals are, are, uh, are big ones as well, and uh, we'll get into these now. So uh, sticking with the Anaheim Ducks, they acquire a first-round pick in this year's draft, a 2023 second, a second-rounder in 2024 as well, defenseman Erho Vakaninen and defenseman John Moore in exchange for Hampus Lindholm and Cody Curran, a uh, young defenseman going to the Boston Bruins. Here's another whopper, and let's get into it. My initial reaction was this is a lot for Boston, but I have completely come around to this one. I'm going to give them a B because they did lock him up for eight years at 6.5 million. Like that's a pretty decent price tag for a top four, like top three defensemen. Um, you know, other guys are shelling out nine and a half million for Seth Jones. So I like that contract for Lindholm. I think he makes them immediately so much better on the back end. And plus this team has turned all their defensemen into gold. So what can they do with Hampus Lindholm? I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, um, so going the other way for Anaheim, though, Anaheim has become a farm system of defensemen for teams. They get these young defensemen, make them kind of good, then trade them for a lot of pieces. Um, piece wise, I'd give them like a B plus, A minus. But for the fact that they just have traded away, you know, Vatnin and Lindholm and Manson and, um, you know, there's more Montour. It's like yep. they just have traded their whole decor in the last couple of years so i'm gonna give it like a b minus for them b yeah i'll give anaheim uh an a minus for this one because what a haul for hampus lindholm who hasn't had the greatest season in anaheim on a team that's been pretty exciting and and pretty energetic and talented this year and he's been paired with one of the best you know rookie defenseman in the nhl in, in jamie drysdale all season so you know for a guy who wasn't excelling on a team that has finally started to excel this year to me it's a bit worrying and and so that's why i give anaheim a great grade uh, of an a minus there for for getting such a haul for the guy and for boston um you know case you said that you came around because you realized that they locked him up for for eight years at 6.5 while i agree that the dollar amount is manageable um for me i'm giving the bruins a d because of that contract because i think eight years is like too long i think in four years that deal is going to look terrible i mean unless the salary cap goes up by like 10 million dollars because lindholm has been regressing over the last couple seasons and like i said he hasn't had a good year on anaheim where anaheim has had a, a really good season up until you know about a month ago so i just think that Lindholm, you know, you were kind of paying for the player that he was, and they're hoping that he gets back to that point, but he has not been good this season, guys. So that contract really worries me, and that's why I give Boston a D. The best player available leading up to the deadline involved in this next deal, it's a big one, Claude Giroux, along with a 2025 fifth-round pick 
and forwards Connor Bunneman and German Rubtsov going to the Florida Panthers on the 19th of March. This one was over the weekend uh, in exchange for Owen Tippett, a first rounder in 2024 and a third round pick in 2023 going back to the Philadelphia Flyers. And it's worthy of note that Giroux was willing to waive his no move to go to Florida. That was the only team that he wanted to go to. Thoughts on this one? Oh, well, I'm going to have to give Florida mostly for what you just said about this was the only team who could get them, get him, giving them an A plus because they put themselves in that situation. But also the fact that they got pieces back on this trade is <laughs> unbelievable. I would have thought it was a fair trade Giroux for Tippett at first and a third because Owen Tippett was playing in the AHL for these guys. These guys. It just wasn't working out. The first round pick is in grade nine right now. Who cares? Let's move on. Let's win a Stanley Cup. Now's the time. And a third round pick in 2023. That's an absolute steal for such a you know such a good forward in Claude Giroux like this guy is still an all-star at his age he's still going to put up points for them he's been there before he's got the experience time to win a cup for Claude Giroux love it for them uh so for Philadelphia you know if I'm giving it Florida an A plus here I'm giving Philadelphia like a C minus for this trade yeah Florida A plus for me as well how did they almost pay less for Claude Giroux than Ben Sherratt like literally the return is very similar you know you got a first round pick in there you've got a third and then of course Owen Tippett going the other way for this Giroux trade but wow guys like the thing with this is like you said you know the Flyers were kind of handcuffed but at the same time you're not forced to make a trade like I know you want to do right by your player but you're not forced to make a trade that's why I gave him a C minus and not a D exactly because they were like because they could only trade to Florida. Yeah. I gave him a C minus, but without that little tidbit, yeah. this is like an F. Oh, it, it's terrible. And I, I said the moment it happened in our group chat, I said, Chuck Fletcher is the worst GM in the entire NHL. Um, now I've conceded. I think he's second and number one is Pierre Dorian for the worst GMs in the <laughs> NHL. And sorry, any sense fans listening, but it's not good. And we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so I'll give the Flyers. What did I say for the Flyers here? A C? Like, I guess I'll settle for that. Maybe a D. Like, it's not good, but they were handcuffed, so that is something. But again, you don't have to make a trade. We'll go back to the Seattle Kraken now, who pick up uh, three more draft picks in this deal that they made a day before the deadline, and that was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the Kraken sent Mark Giordano, who's from Toronto, of course, veteran defenseman, former Norris Trophy winner, and forward Colin Blackwell to the Maple Leafs in exchange for a second rounder this year, a second rounder next year in 2023 and a third round pick in 2024 so uh what do we think of this one oh i'm giving toronto an a plus on this one i you guys know i love giordano so much i think this is such a great pickup considering the price that was on a defenseman and a very good defenseman still on giordano plus who knows this guy maybe wants to stick around and sign for 850k next year in toronto because he wanted to be there and they didn't give up a first round pick and they got a tough gritty bottom six forward who's we've seen played really well in in uh for the rags so i think it's a great pickup for toronto so good they need to do something on the decor and yeah uh a plus for toronto and like 
I would say a C plus for Seattle. They they still got three draft picks back. They have like seven second round picks in the next two years now. So it is nice to get a few draft picks. Maybe you hit on one, uh, but the fact that there's not a first involved in this makes it a, a you know a lower grade for me. Yeah, Case, I'm going to agree with both your grades there. I'm going to go A-plus for the Leafs and uh, C-plus for Seattle. Um, Because, yeah, Mark Giordano, you know, 38 years old or not, is still an excellent defenseman in the NHL. And if a guy like Ben Chirot got a first-round pick plus and Giordano doesn't, like, that fact alone is is crazy. I know there were two teams that were really in on Giordano. It was the Maple Leafs and the St. Louis Blues. Both teams said that they would not give up a first-round pick for a rental player. And then Giordano said, like the day after, that he only wanted to go to Toronto. So it was a situation where a team was kind of handcuffed as well, similar to uh, the Flyers in trading Giroux to Florida. So I think it's a great deal for the Maple Leafs. I've already got my jersey here. Uh, Apparently, he bought Nylander a watch, and he's going to wear number 88. And that name bar looks a bit off. But, you know, it's it's a nice jersey, I think. And uh, Colin Blackwell, that was surprising. But, you know... Good depth, some offensive upside that we saw a couple years ago when he was playing for the Rangers, and to not give up a first and just a couple of seconds and a third, like I think I think it's a really good deal for the Maple Leafs, and they desperately need defense, and not only defense, a defenseman who can play defense as well. And if you look at his advanced numbers, not only is Giordano known for being a guy who won the Norris for having the most points a few years ago, he's also a guy who can shut you down in his own zone. So I think it's a win-win for the Maple Leafs here. Some something to think back to was how much better Giordano made TJ Brody every time they played together. Like I, I remember I pulled up those stats a while back. It was it was actually my reason that Brody wasn't that great of a pickup. But now those two could be back together and that could be a dynamic duo again. Chad, why is the name backwards? It's is it? Yeah. Oh my Oh my God! Is it backwards? <laughs> well, Nylander underneath is the right way for us, and then Giordano is the other way. See, I'm looking at my own camera, and I wrote it the right way first. And then I'm like, wait, that's going to be backwards for the camera, so I flipped it. Oh my God! I'm a bot, absolute bot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. All right, sticking with uh, sticking with the Maple Leafs, who uh, turned around and picked up a 2022 third round pick for. A defenseman looking for a change of scenery, and that is Travis Dermott. Yeah, I mean, one guy in, one guy out here. Um, he's really kind of worked himself out of the depth chart. There's a couple of young guys who could get in ahead of him. So it was time to move on Travis Dermott. Um, I don't really know what to think of this because you know it's a third round pick. Um, I, I'll give Toronto a, a B minus because they had to move the guy and they got something for it. And I'll give Vancouver like a B minus as well, because I guess they upgraded on Travis Hamanick. There's, there's just not too much here yeah. for me. That's, that's the thing you mentioned, Travis Hamanick, and he went to Ottawa for a third round pick as well. So essentially they're, Vancouver is trading Hamannick for Dermot here in a roundabout way. All three of these yeah. trades that we talked about are, are sort of linked in a way. And so I'm going to give Vancouver here a B plus because I think Travis Dermott is still a good player. And I think he could legitimately be a top four defenseman, you know, maybe a four 
defenseman um you know if he just plays to his potential and we talked about back during the uh seattle expansion draft that dermot was a guy who was exposed because if you look at any of his sort of advanced analytics he's regressed every season and his role anytime you give him a bigger role he's not able to handle it but i sincerely think that if he plays you know with a steady partner and gets a fair shake in vancouver he could be really good for them so i'll give him a b plus the maple leafs you know i'll give them a c plus for this one because i do think they could have got more for travis dermott if they weren't in the circumstances that they were in where he was on the outside looking in and teams knew that he wanted out and dermott actually requested a trade even though i guarantee that killed him inside because he was a leafs fan growing up and he loved being a maple leaf ever since he was drafted the reality was he's just not going to play as much as you know a guy like even timothy Liljegren, who right now is on the outside looking in so all those are my grades for for that trade there now the deal that uh, we just mentioned a minute ago happened a day before the deadline travis hamannick to the ottawa senators for a third round pick in this year's draft going back to vancouver this one's kind of a head scratcher uh, i'm gonna give ottawa an f on this one because why like pick a direction like please mm-hmm. and at the same point Hamannick's not worth a second round pick anymore he, he might have or a third, third round pick excuse me uh he might have been uh, three years ago but there's been a lot of questionable things about you know him remaining a hockey player still he took time off he came back there's so much going on there and like i'm gonna ask again why why ottawa like wh- are you are you tanking and trading nick paul or are you trying to get better and Anyways, uh, F Ottawa, um, Vancouver's getting a, I guess I got to keep it in line with the tra- uh, Travis Dermott thing. And I'd say it's like a B plus then for that, for Vancouver. Yeah. Ottawa F um, Travis Hamannick was on waivers multiple times earlier in the season. You could have got him for free. And the thing with Travis Hamannick, and I forget who I heard say this today on trade center, I consume so much content in my brain, but uh, Hamannick is a guy who you've kind of known exactly what he is for the last two, three years now. So if you didn't pick him up on waivers, you know, however many months ago, five months ago, then why is your opinion changed of the player? It really hasn't, right? Like he's been the same player this whole time. So if you wanted him, pick him up for free. Why pay a third round pick when you're not even contending? It it just makes no sense. And then for Vancouver, I'll give this an A plus because it allows them to uh, upgrade and get Travis Dermott over Travis Hamannick. So they get the better Travis in that deal. And essentially it costs them, you know, nothing. Mm. Yeah, the uh, the best days are, are behind Travis Hamannick, that's for sure. So uh, a bit of a head-scratcher there. Uh, sticking with the Senators, and uh, you just mentioned uh, a minute ago, guys, they, uh, they dealt Nick Paul, and that was to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Lightning continue to add. They get another good forward with size. Uh, so the Lightning acquired Nick Paul from the Senators in exchange for Matthew Joseph and a 2024 fourth round draft pick uh yeah i'll give tampa bay and okay there's gonna be some bias in these grades here because i'm a big nick paul fan man but i'm gonna give tampa like an a for this one they traded a player who was like their 13th forward who again another guy that just wasn't really cracking the lineup and they got 
substantially better than Nick Paul. I think this guy is such a heart and soul grinder player that can really contribute for them. And now I kind of want them to three-peat because like, they seem to grab a guy every year who I want to win a cup and then make it happen. So that would be great for Nick Paul. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give Tampa Bay like an A here. Why not? And uh, Ottawa Senators... <sighs> and bias because they gave up on my favorite player on that team but i'll still give them a c because i'm excited that matthew joseph is going to get an opportunity somewhere i think he fits in well with the age group and the guys on the team and uh who knows what he can do there so that's gonna be interesting and we're all going to forget about a 2024 fourth round uh tomorrow so yeah exactly uh i'll give both teams a b here i think you know ottawa i could give them a higher grade or i would give them a higher grade if maybe they got something more than than a fourth in return because i think paul is a significantly better player than joseph right now joseph's good don't get me wrong but i think paul is more established or at least he's played more minutes uh on a consistent basis to kind of prove that you know he can be more useful um and i'll give tampa also a b so b's all around here because they get the better player and they're trying to three-peat so why not the only thing i will say about this trade and about tampa in general though too is that like they're kind of like vegas at this point they kind of don't give a fuck who they give away like not saying that matthew joseph or boris kachut or taylor radish were like big pieces of this team but they were kind of the next pieces for this team coming in and and kind of expecting to play more of a role going forward for you know the third cup run and now they're just gone so to me like it it just seems like you know it's it's inevitable it's business you're trying to win but it just kind of sucks for those players don't you think i i think it's a different story than vegas because like these guys are 24 years old and they were given opportunities to kind of crack into this lineup didn't really work out for them vegas is just like no one's safe yeah true clearly they're they're at different tiers but i feel like you know the the not give a shit meter is is at least engaged and for both teams here yeah all right we got a we got a lot of trades to go through here so i'm gonna start hitting the buzzer if okay you want to. okay let's do it all right back to the seattle kraken they get a second round pick in this year's draft from the nashville predators for a young defenseman in jeremy lauzon uh b minus for nashville big hard to play against defenseman can turn them into something and i'll give uh seattle a a b as well for a, a second round pick i think that's a pretty decent price for the zone yeah d for nashville for me i think sure you get better but at the same time that's way too much to pay for for that kind of defenseman seattle i'll give them another a plus because they just keep bringing in these picks that are going to be useful a guy who you could have gotten for free a little while ago was uh, Scott Wedgwood. Now he gets claimed by Arizona. He's played pretty well, but he goes to the Dallas Stars from the Coyotes for a fourth round pick in 2023. Yeah, so this one, absolutely mind-blowing to me. Another waiver player that gets traded for a fourth round pick. Um Dallas, I guess they need a third string goalie. There's something in their head. So I'm going to give them uh, a D on this one or a D minus, and I'll give Arizona um, a B plus. (laughs) (laughs) Very hesitant. Uh, I'll give Dallas a D. The only reason it's not an F uh, to get Scott Scott Wedgwood, not saying he's a bad player, but he was on waivers like a month ago. You could have just picked him up. but the reason I'm not giving them an F is because they need a guy now that Holpe is injured. Um, so I'll give him a D. 
And the Coyotes, you got a fourth for a guy who you claimed off waivers. That's an A-plus in my books. And uh, that was another deal that came uh, yesterday, so a, a day before the deadline. Sticking with the Coyotes, they pick up the rights to prospect Jack McBain, a big forward uh, from the Minnesota Wild for a second-round pick in this year's draft. Arizona had a lot of second-rounders, uh, one of five actually in this year's draft to part ways with. They do so in this deal for Jack McBain. Yeah, this deal kind of scares me um i'm pretty sure jack mcbain can just walk uh, i think he's a senior in, in the ncaa so i'm pretty sure if he wanted to sign with arizona or not sign with arizona he can just not do that um he has put up a lot of points in the ncaa this year so if they are able to to retain him then i think it's a great deal for um arizona player wise that's a lot to give up with a lot of question marks. So I'm going to give Arizona and C here and I'll give Minnesota a B minus. Yeah. It seems like uh, a pretty high risk, high reward deal here uh, for Arizona and getting the player. I don't know much about the player. I just looked at his stats earlier and they seem to be pretty good in the NCAA. So, um, you know, I'll give Arizona a C because of the uncertainty. If that is the case, if, if he can walk, I don't know the details of signing seniors and, and how that works. I'd have to remember, who the last guy was, but, um, and I'll give Minnesota an A for getting a second round pick for clearly if they're trading the rights to this guy, they, they kind of realize that he doesn't want to play there. So I'll, I'll give him an A for that. Another deal a day before the deadline, Mason Appleton from the Seattle Kraken goes back to the Winnipeg Jets. Good bottom six forward in exchange for a fourth round pick in 2023. Uh, I'm going to give Winnipeg a B here getting back a guy who fit in well with their lineup uh, last year and I'm sure all the guys like him so why not do this move uh, Seattle I'm actually gonna give them an A here simply because of the other shit that had happened to them earlier in this year where they took guys in the expansion draft and then lost them for free like Nathan Bastion so I'm gonna give them an A in the fact that they actually got something in return instead of just completely screwing this up again yeah I'll give Winnipeg a B. Uh, I think, like you said, Case Mason Appleton coming from Winnipeg before the expansion draft, I think he'll fit in well there. And it kind of gives us a direction of what Winnipeg's trying to do. They still think that they're a team that can push for the playoffs. So he's a bit of depth there. And they had one of the best third lines in the NHL last season and, and the year before that as well. And Mason Appleton factored into that. So I like it. Giving up a fourth in 2023 isn't too bad. Uh, I do think Seattle could have squeezed more, maybe a third. So I'll give Seattle uh, C plus for that one. Moving on to deadline deal now. And again, we're, we're really sticking with trades that we feel have uh, the most significance. And so the picks involved, uh, fourth round or higher. And uh, and that's kind of how we're doing it. So here's a deadline day deal. And uh, it's sticking with the Seattle Kraken. So they send Marcus Johansson back to the Washington Capitals for a young forward in Daniel Sprong, a fourth round pick in this year's draft and a sixth round pick in next year's draft case you like to return here for seattle uh yeah i'm gonna actually give washington an f on this one haven't really given much of those out i honestly i think daniel sprong's a better player than marcus johansson uh so for that reason i'm gonna give seattle an a plus here they got the better player in the deal and a fourth and a sixth that sounds pretty good he might immediately be their third best goal scorer on this team 
Yeah, I, I love this from Seattle's perspective. I'll give them an A plus for this. I'm not going to be as harsh to Washington because they know Marcus Johansson and maybe they just think that he can fit what they're trying to do better. Um, so for that reason, I will give them a D. But value wise, I'm with you, Case. I think this is an F. That's a big price for a suitcase. Hmm couple of deals coming up here for the Minnesota Wild. So they acquire Marc-Andre Fleury. Billy Guerin would be very familiar with him from his days in Pittsburgh in exchange for a 2022 conditional second round pick. And uh, the condition on that is this. So it becomes a first rounder if Minnesota makes the conference finals. So uh, Minnesota shores up that goaltending position. Yeah, there is uh, one more condition. I think I read that if Flurry play, Flurry has to play or win four games in the first series as well. Four or, four games he has to win over the first two series. I believe two series. So I, I think for that reason, <laughs> I think it gets a little better for Chicago. I'm going to give it like a maybe a B minus because I think they could have got more from Marc-Andre Fleury, the Vesna winning goalie. Uh, and, but, you know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I feel like they had to trade him. It was kind of, you know, in stone for them. Uh, so yeah, I'll give them a B Minnesota. Uh, okay. Their goaltending tandem just got way better. I like uh, Kakonen, but man, that's, that's a good pickup for Minnesota. And it's going to be interesting to see who they pick for the playoffs going forward. So I'll give them an A minus here. I think it's uh pretty good. Yeah, I think this is an A-plus for Chicago because they paid nothing to get Marc-Andre Fleury, like literally nothing, and they're getting a second-round pick in return, um, which is just crazy, guys. Like, he won the Vesna last season. It just makes no sense. Like, the value of goalies has just plummeted, and it's partly because he's had a bad season this year. He's also played on a bad team, so we'll see if he can bounce back in Minnesota. But, guys, my favorite stat, goal saved above expected. He's been below expected all season this year. And Mike Johnson actually brought that up on TSM, which I wanted to mention. One of the only guys who uses advanced analytics on the broadcast, and I absolutely loved it. Sent it to you, Case. Mike Johnson is the GOAT. Uh, for Minnesota, you know, you get a goalie who is capable of, of winning in the playoffs. And all it costs was a conditional second-round pick. If you do make it, uh, you know, all the way it becomes a first, you know, I don't mind it, so I'll give them I'll give them a C plus. But based on Flurry's play this year, I don't think he's worth a second round pick, unfortunately. And I'm happy the Leafs dodged that bullet. So Minnesota gets a good goaltender and they give up a young goaltender right after they make this deal. They give up Capo Kakinen, who you just mentioned, Case, along with a fifth round pick in this year's draft to the San Jose Sharks for a defenseman in Jacob Middleton. So Minnesota adds to an already strong blue line. Yeah, and for that reason, I'm only going to give them a C-plus on this trade. I'm kind of curious who gets pushed out of the lineup. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to say John Merrill right away. But if you look at the advanced analytics and the stats for his pairings, it's it, it's in the top for all the good defensive stats. All three of Minnesota's pairings are. So I was kind of, it's kind of curious that they did this. But it's a similar trade to what Tampa Bay did when they brought in Bogosian and look how that worked out for them so uh, yeah I'll still give them a C plus on that one and then San Jose I'm going to give them an A minus here I like that they finally got 
you know better in goaltending uh Reimers played really well for them but I don't know if that's the solution going forward so I like the deal for San Jose and adding the fifth is just a bonus I love the deal for San Jose um I don't really think they need Middleton right now um going forward especially if they plan on rebuilding anytime soon um and I think they need a goaltender and I think Kakinen has shown last season that he can be the guy to you know to to sort of carry a team and you know he's as long as he's able to start and become an actual starter in the NHL this will be a fantastic deal just giving up you know a depth defenseman and I do like Middleton a lot so I'll give San Jose like I think this is really good guys I'm gonna give it an A maybe and I'll give Minnesota here same as you Case a C plus all right and again, all of these deals that we're ripping through now uh, were from today. We're from deadline day. Yes, and so, let's uh, rip. Just wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to the Philadelphia Flyers. They make the Drew deal with Florida. And then on deadline day, they send uh, veteran defenseman Justin Braun, a right shot D, to the New York Rangers in exchange for a third round pick in 2023. Uh, Rangers, I'll give them a be here hard to play against defenseman not really what he used to be but i still think it, it adds to their core and the flyers i'll i don't know passing grade c plus or something because they got something i, I don't know yeah I'm, I'm actually gonna agree with both their case because i like this deal for new york um because you know you add sort of a low risk uh, option here. You're not going out and, and getting a charade and spending assets because personally, I don't think New York is there yet. I don't think they're a contending team without Shesterkin. So yeah, add a bit, you know, see what you can do, but don't sell the farm. And so I'm glad they did sort of a yeah. low risk deal there. Uh, and the Flyers, you know, you get a pick, it's a third. That's kind of high. I'll give them a passing grade as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, another another defenseman who gets dealt in a trade, and that is Brett Kulak going from uh, one Canadian market to another. And so Kulak goes from the Montreal Canadiens to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for defenseman William Legison and a second-round pick in this year's draft. So these returns for Kent Hughes are looking great, and we've got another one here. I'm going to give the Edmonton Oilers a D here. Um, I guess they they went out and they needed to address the defensive part of their defenseman, and they did that. But at the same time, they picked up a guy who had stints in Laval uh, in the last two seasons and traded a second-round pick and a player for it. So I'm going to give them a D, and I'm going to give Montreal a A here. I'm going to give Montreal an A+. They're making out like bandits today, guys. And, you know, <laughs> that is just a great return for a guy like Brett Kulak. And then Sherrod on top of that. And as we'll see next, we've got Arturi Lekkinen, who they got a great return for. So I love it for the Habs. A-plus right there. And for the Oilers, for Brett Kulak, I'll give him a C-plus because I do think he addresses a need for that team, which is uh, a defenseman who can actually play defense. And, you know, if you look at some Montreal Canadiens, defenseman uh defenseman brett kulak can actually make a first pass out of his zone he's been decent at it this year you know i think he's he might even be a better fit for the oilers than a guy like ben Chirot, and he didn't cost a first plus so yeah i'll, I'll give him you know a c plus i think it was fine still an overpay though the, uh, this is kind of cool for brett kulak before i went into this trade i i said uh you know from one canadian market to another the only three teams that he's played for in his NHL career now, 
all Canadian teams, Calgary, Montreal, and Edmonton. That's pretty cool, uh, if you ask me. We'll stick with Montreal, who sends Arturi Lekkinen to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Chad, you mentioned him a second ago. And uh, Montreal, again, uh, great return for Lekkinen. They get Justin Barron, the defenseman from the Halifax Mooseheads in the queue, and a second-round pick in 2024. I'm going to give them an A- minus on this one, simply because Lekkonen fit in so well there. He played very well with uh, Gallagher, and I think he's going to be missed there. But because of the state of Montreal, I think this trade makes a lot of sense. Justin Barron, that's a pretty great pickup. He's putting up some decent points in the AHL as a defenseman, and picking up that second-round pick is no slouch, even though it's ages away from now, it feels like. (laughs) And then Colorado, I'll I'll have to give him a B-plus here. They've got a lot of options on defense, so trading away one wasn't the end of the world for them. And uh, Lekkonen's going to fit in well in that bottom six. And like I said, if you pair him with the right guys, he can actually pop off. So I think it's a good pickup as well. Definitely. A lot of offensive upside for Arturi Lekkonen. I'm giving both teams an A-plus for this one, guys, because for Montreal, like you mentioned, Case, like such a great return. Even though that pick is two years from now, you get a guy, Justin Barron, who sort of fits their timeline now, and Arturi Lekkonen doesn't commit to the rebuild kent hughes is doing that and uh you know i love it so a plus for the Habs, also a plus for colorado because you know what was the one thing we talked about in our uh last episode before this our central division rankings it was about you know colorado and our question marks about their bottom six well i think after today guys their bottom six is looking pretty damn fine and arturi lekkinen as sort of a middle six player if you will uh, i think fits in really well Got to be excited about Montreal's blue line for the future, guys. Caden Gooley and now Justin Barron uh, are a big part of that. Uh, let's go to the uh, the guy who goes back to his hometown, and that is Zach Sinitian, who was dealt by the Boston Bruins today, uh, along with a fifth-round pick in this year's draft, to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for defenseman Josh Brown and a seventh-round pick in this year's draft. So a player and a pick going each way but of course uh the player of note in this deal is zach sinition i would say yeah no for sure and i'm gonna give ottawa a b plus a minus here i'm kind of stuck between the two um they're quite possibly turning into a land of opportunity here and maybe zach sinition's gonna get his opportunity i really hope so and it's his hometown that's always exciting for them to do that picking up a fifth round as well um didn't give up too much in return a seventh round pick totally forget about um and josh brown big hard playing defenseman but uh, i think they've got a lot of options on d so i'm not too worried about them there yeah i'll give uh b pluses all around here because i think boston you know they get a bit bigger they get a bit tougher on the back end that's always good you need defensive depth uh and they give away zach sinition which you know, you look back to that to that draft, that 2015 draft, I believe it was, guys, where they had those three picks in a row, missed on all of them, including DeBrusque, who is probably the best player. And it sucks because, like, Sinition is, is a hometown guy. Well, you know, he's an Ottawa guy, good friends with our buddy Pesky, and you want to see him succeed. And hopefully he does in Ottawa and gets every opportunity to do so. 
We haven't talked about the St. Louis Blues yet, and they made a nice ad on deadline day, picking up veteran defenseman Nick Letty, along with uh, winger Luke Witkowski from the Detroit Red Wings, who have uh, really fallen off the last uh, month and a half or so. And in the deal, they get defenseman Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundquist, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, and a 2023 second round pick. Yeah. Um- I like this for St. Louis a lot. I'm going to give them an A- minus here. Uh, Nick Letty, like you said, veteran defenseman. He's only 31 years old. He's played 121 games in the playoffs. He's been there before, and uh, that's always a, a good to add, especially on defense, because that's where experience really matters to me. So I like the deal for St. Louis, and Detroit picked up a pretty good return. And uh, Sunkfist, there's something about him that I could just see him in a Detroit jersey, you know? So um, I, I like this trade for both of them. I'll give Detroit an A- minus as well. I'll give St. Louis here uh, a B because I think they overpaid a bit for Nick Letty. That's the main piece. But like you said, Case, you know, he's a guy with a ton of playoff experience. And the St. Louis Blues are a team who thrive in the playoffs. So he fits that bill there. Uh, For Detroit, I'll give him an A plus because I think getting a second round pick for Nick Letty is is fantastic. Plus, you get the two guys as well, Sunquist and Wallman. Um, there's one thing that you can say about Stevie Y. I mean, you could say a million things about him. He's one of the best GMs in the NHL, but he really knows how to manage his assets. And this is just like textbook managing assets 101, and he's doing a really great job. So I have to give them an A+. So we'll go from the 2019 Stanley Cup winners to the 2018 Stanley Cup winners in the Washington Capitals. They make a deal on deadline day, their second one, and that is acquiring Johan Larson from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a third round pick in 2023. Uh, Larson has a $1.4 million cap hit for this season. Before he becomes UFA, Arizona is going to retain half of that salary. So uh, Washington just able to fit him in uh in their cap situation what do we think about this one? yeah yeah the bank of arizona remains open uh, <laughs> I, i'm gonna give arizona like an a plus on this one because they got a lot better return than i did when i did my arizona rebuild in <laughs> nhl uh they picked up a third round pick for like on most teams a 15th forward so i don't i don't feel bad for them here at all and and washington i'm i'm on the washington hate train today even though i've loved them this year um i'm gonna give them like i don't know a d minus here (laughs) it's it's funny you're on the washington hate train because biz nasty said today on on instagram he said every team in the west is a contender except for Washington. So you guys are kind of on the same same wavelength. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. What did I say? The West? Yep. Oh my God. North, South, East, West. Okay. Um, I, I, that's, a, that's okay. I'm going to give Arizona here uh, a B plus because they got a return for a guy who, um, like you said, Case is just a depth forward. And I think a third round pick is good. For Washington, I'll give them a C plus because, you know, I think it's always nice to have depth forwards, but that's a bit of a tall uh, price tag for Johan Larson. And not not, you know, I don't hate Johan Larson as much as you do, Case. I think he still has some upside and, you know, is a good depth forward. But yeah, I don't like, think he's quite a 15th forward the, on this the Mariana's team, but... trench of depth players. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always you can't have too much depth, though. That's what I'll say. I, I do like Larson, you know. Yeah, because he, he was good in Buffalo. 
He's he's been been decent in Arizona. He actually has been, but uh, a third rounder for a fourth liner. That's that's a lot. Um, Yeah, he's been good on the NHL team. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, All right. Um, Tyler Mott, who, again, another popular name, a uh, a middle uh, six forward with uh, with some sandpaper. So he goes to the New York Rangers from Vancouver for a fourth round pick in 2023. Honestly, I would reverse these two deals, a fourth for Larson and a third for Mott. Kind of surprised at how little Vancouver got for Tyler Mott in this deal. Let's get into it. Yeah, I'm going to give a C- for Vancouver here. Um, Not a lot in return, but also at the same time, they're not really giving up too much that's going to hurt this team. So uh, I'll take it for them, C-. And then for the Rangers, I'm going to... For the same reason I mentioned before, I'm going to give them a C here because it's like they have like seven Tyler Mott's on this team, I feel like. And I, you can't put all those guys on the ice at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I'll give them a C. They they did pick up like a middle six winger instead of just the bottom six uh, winger like the other guys. But still, it, it's like a little redundant at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with the redundancy point case. I'm going to give C pluses both ways. Uh, C plus to Vancouver because... Uh, Tyler Mott is a peripheral player. You know, he's not part of any group moving forward that they needed to keep. So might as well get something for him. They got a fourth. They probably could have got more though. So that's why it's a C plus, uh, you know, they might've got a third or something. And for New York, again, getting another bottom six, middle six player who, you know, adds to this team and their depth. But again, I don't think New York is even a playoff team without Igor Shosturkin this season. So I just don't know, um, you know, their direction right now, or if they think they can kind of make a run, but at the same time, Keeping in in that same vein, I am glad that they didn't go out and, and sell the farm here and they just made a small, you know, they paid a small price for a player who can make an impact. So that's why it's a C plus. Well said. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to mix up the order a little bit. Uh, we've got four or five trades left. Uh, four, actually. Four deals left, uh, excuse me. And, um, yeah, I will, uh, I'm just going to mix up the order a little bit so that we finish off with a couple of sizable deals. So uh, let's get to uh, Vlad Nemesnikov going from the Detroit Red Wings to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a fourth-round pick in 2024. So, uh, again, we see Nemesnikov moved at another trade deadline. Yeah, story of this guy's life. Um yeah, I, I don't really know what to think about this team. Nemesnikov kind of seems like he's born for Dallas when you look at all the other guys on this team, Nishkushkin and uh, Radulov. It's like, I don't know, it seems like he's going to fit in well there. Dallas is kind of turning into Team Russia. Um, they get some depth scoring here. They don't really give up too much in return. I'm going to give them a B uh, for Dallas, B for boring. And... <laughs> And Detroit, I don't know if this is as good of asset management as you mentioned, so I'm going to give them a C for stupid. <laughs> that one makes sense. I, I like the B for boring one too, Case, uh, as well as the C for stupid. So I'll give a B for boring to Dallas for this one. You know, he's a guy 
all it cost was a fourth round pick. You add this, uh, you know, to your forward depth. And uh, this signals to us that Dallas thinks that they can make the playoffs here and they're going to make a push, which uh, I guess is a good thing, you know, if you've got that aging core. So I'll give it a B. And then for Detroit, I think, you know, it is still a good example of asset management because what is Nemestikov going to do for Detroit for the end of this season? You know, you might as well get something for them and uh, kind of tank the, the last half of the season because they fell off. So fourth round pick, I think I'll give that a B plus for Detroit. I, I'd I typically agree with you, but I'm fairly certain he was playing on the first line with uh, Raymond and Larkin. So that seemed to have been working for Raymond. So I don't really want to mess up a good thing. But at the same time, that was before Jacob Vrana came back. So yeah, gives opportunities to other guys like Vrana, like maybe a Joe Valeno step up in the lineup or something. I like it. I think it's good. All right, and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, very quiet uh, leading up to the deadline uh, and on deadline day. They uh, signed Jesperi Kotkaniemi to an eight-year extension at $4.82 million AAV, and then they acquired Max Domi from the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, in exchange for two prospects, one of them being former Maple Leafs prospect Igor Korshkov, as you mentioned off-air, Chad. Uh, So what do we think about this one? Domi to Carolina. Uh, Chad, why don't you go first on this one? Because I don't really know too much about either of these prospects. And if you know anything about Korshkov, then take it away. I know a little about Korshkov. I know he wasn't good enough to make the Maple Leafs. Um, That's about it. Um, I think he's still an American Hockey League player at this point, but has some upside. He's physical. Um, so you can say that as well. He's a bigger guy. Um, but that's the extent of my knowledge about Igor Korshkov. Um, the other guy I, I have, I know nothing about, and it seems like Carolina and, and I'll be totally honest with that. I know nothing about that player. And it seems like Carolina just got Max Domi for free, which blows my mind. So I'll give Carolina an A because I think there's high upside with a guy like Domi. I believe he had 72 points two years ago or something like that three years ago um so there's definitely upside there and for columbus i don't know i'll give them a c because why couldn't you make this guy fit in he was a great player in montreal yeah well uh, i don't really know what to say about this one i'll I'll give carolina a conditional a because (laughs) i'm curious to see what sort of contract they're going to get domi if one at all so um depending on the contract this great could go down but it's a good kind of middle six piece for them they don't have to play a defenseman at forward anymore or go 7d or whatever nonsense they were doing before so i think that kind of works for them so yeah conditional a and then columbus I guess you're going to lose them next year anyways. So I, I like it. See you, Chad. We'll stick yeah. with that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's funny when like you don't like we don't really know anything about these two guys like Korshkov. I've at least heard of. But anyway, Case, I wanted to ask like quick while we're on the topic. Why? What did you think of the Kakanyemi deal? Eight years, just shy of five million per. I really like it personally. Yeah, uh, it's. I don't really know. It's tough because like you haven't really seen much from him yet, but you know, he has a high ceiling. So this deal could end up being very good in a few years. Uh, But it, 
there's a lot of unknown there. So it, it kind of worries me. And I say a lot of unknown for both camps here. You know, the agent could feel like an asshole if Kokaniemi kind of lives up to that third round or third overall pick status and he's only making five, five and a half or whatever. Um, so yeah, a lot of unknown there. I, I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Case, uh, your conditional A grade, that was a very deadline type answer. I like the exactly. attached to it. That was that was very good. Uh, all right. Uh, this one was a pretty big deal. And uh, this guy has been out there in trade rumors for, it seems like, forever. And uh, that is Ricard Raquel going from Anaheim. So he's the last out of the big three out of uh, him uh, Lindholm and Manson to leave the Ducks organization. He goes to Pittsburgh, who quietly makes a, a big move here in exchange for a second round pick in this year's draft. Forwards Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone and uh, Kale Klang, a goaltender, I would assume a prospect because I know nothing about him, uh, going back to Anaheim. So uh, this is a, a pretty sizable trade. What do we think about this move? Oh yeah, this is tough. Uh, I'm gonna give Pittsburgh a a plus here. Actually, now that I think about it a little more, I think this player fits in so well. Uh, Raquel here in Pittsburgh. That's a, a great winger. Throw him with Crosby, and he could put up 30 goals because anyone can apparently. So I, I do like it. He's got a he's got a lot of skill, and we're finally seeing him be moved. So I'm gonna give a plus for Pittsburgh uh, making that happen, and then Anaheim. Um, I'll give them a A minus because no, I'll give them a B because I expected a first round pick in a Ricard Raquel deal and they waited too long. If they did it last year, I know Chad, you were mentioning this before. If they did it last year, they're probably getting more. But at the same time, I like Zach Austin Reese, so it's not it's not terrible. So I'll give them a B. Yeah, uh, I will give Pittsburgh an A here because I think Raquel is a guy who can provide offense and easily slide into that you know top six with either Crosby or Malkin uh, in the place of Kasperi Kapanen, who has sort of fallen down the depth chart and out of the lineup for this team. So Ricard Raquel for the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's an A for me. And then for the Ducks, I'm going to give them a C because just like you said, Case, I mentioned beforehand, you know, when this deal went down, if they traded them two years ago when talks first happened, they would have got two first round picks. And it was because Anaheim didn't choose a direction early enough. You have to be early in your choice and you have to commit to it. And they did neither of those. And that's why they didn't get a bigger return for the player today. Okay. In true deadline fashion here, breaking more to that Domi trade than we thought. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> it was a three-way trade. Uh, Florida Panthers acquire Igor Korshkov from Carolina, a 2022 six-round pick from Columbus, and retain 25% of Domi's contract. So uh, I think Florida just kind of made off like bandits here, and uh, I don't really know what was in it for Columbus in the end. Yeah. Interesting. All right, uh, we'll move on to another big deal from deadline day to finish it off. This one uh, came in uh, right at the buzzer, and uh, it was the Andrew Kopp deal. So Kopp going to the New York Rangers from Winnipeg along with a sixth-round pick in 2023, and then going to Winnipeg, uh, forward Morgan Barron, a 2023 fifth-round pick, and two 
conditional second round picks. So one of the second rounders can turn into a first if the Rangers win two rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs and caught plays 50% of the playoff games. The other second rounder can be Winnipeg's option in 2022 or 2023. So a lot there, but a big deal. Andrew Kopp goes to the New York Rangers. Man, that is a lot to unpack. Um, I guess I'm going to give Winnipeg a C- here. I think that they they got a lot in return, but at the same time, this is drawing a line in the sand at what side of the of things they are on. This is their direction now, um, and I think that means they're probably going to lose Mark Shifley in the end here. So I don't really know how much I like for for them here. It's a lot of pieces, but this is going to shake some things up in Winnipeg for sure. Uh, the Rangers, I feel a little hypocritical about what I'm about to say because of what I've been saying the whole time. They're just adding so many middle six wingers, but I really like Andrew Kopp. I'm going to give them an A here because he immediately makes them better. He he is such a good player, and we saw that in him last year. It's going to be interesting to see the spark under his ass as soon as he gets traded here. So I like this for the Rangers and Winnipeg. Like, What are, what are Shifley and, and Wheeler and those guys thinking right now? Yeah, that was the first thing that went through my mind was like, what does the team think of Andrew Kopp getting shipped out? Because he didn't have to be traded. He was only going to be traded if they got, you know, the right return for him. And in my opinion, they didn't get enough. It was rumored that they were going to get a first round pick for this player uh, plus and they didn't. So maybe that was, you know, because it happened late in the day and everything else was gone and they just wanted to get, you know, something in return. But so for Winnipeg, I don't like this one bit. Um, I don't think their hand was forced at all. Uh, Cop seemed to me like a great depth forward for the team, even though you know they're not necessarily a playoff team. So I'm going to give it a C for Winnipeg here, and I'm going to give the Rangers an A plus. Like we talked about how they've Same. added, how we've added some, or how the Rangers have added some depth, you know, some bottom six forwards. But the best of them all is Andrew Kopp. He's a good middle six forward who can really improve this team. And again, sticking with the theme for the Rangers, they didn't sell the farm. They, you know, gave what they had. They didn't give a first round pick and they got a really good player in, in return. And Morgan... It, it- Go on, it go can on. be a first round pick, but I don't see the Rangers winning two playoff rounds. So. Well, exactly. And if they do, then you know what? It's a first. Who cares for them if they win two rounds, like if they make a push? But again, like I've been saying about the Rangers, I don't think they're even a playoff team without Shesterkin. So I'm glad that it wasn't just a full on first round pick and a second or something like I think that's manageable value for for this team. There we go. Uh, quickly, guys, before we wrap up, just uh, say a team. Who do you think wins the Stanley Cup? Who is your Stanley Cup winner this year at uh, after the deadline? Oh, man, that's that's hard. Put me on the spot here, but um, I'm really liking a strange Stanley Cup final here of Minnesota and Florida. And who wins? Who wins? Yeah. Oh man. Oh no. Um, Florida. Yeah. Okay. Chad. I'm gonna say it's going to be a team from the East playing Colorado in the finals, um, and it's gonna be Toronto. 
because as long as Toronto's in their window, I can't bet against them, guys. So I'm going to say Toronto. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will go with uh, maybe the most obvious one here, and uh, well. Maybe not, but I, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, Tampa Bay and Colorado, and I will go with the Colorado Avalanche uh, winning the Stanley Cup this year. So interesting. None of us went with Tampa for uh, for a three-peat. That's, uh, that's interesting. All right. Uh, there we go, guys. And again, we just we ripped through all of the deals oh. leading up to and during deadline day. So um, if you want to check out all of the deadline deals that happened. I think there were 25 on deadline day alone. You can head over to tsn.ca, check out the trade tracker there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a return to our uh, preseason division rankings. We'll get into the East by talking about the Metropolitan Division. So looking forward to getting back to that and have a good week. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.